Hey podcast, uh, I'm really, really pleased to uh, welcome you all to this special episode of the podcast. Um, I, I still can't even believe sometimes some of the people I get to interview. It's kind of surreal to think back to, you know, being a Grom in Tunkari and looking or watching some VHS tapes, um, some of those classic videos from uh, whether that be the underground tapes from Strowy or looking at some of the blast-off films or any of the other really classic bodyboarding um, writers of tubes, etc. Some of those old films that, you know, had so many characters and so many really larger-than-life pro bodyboarders. Um, it's kind of bizarre and very surreal to be interviewing many of these people I used to watch uh, as a grom and, and really look up to. So, you know, it's a real pleasure for me to announce this podcast episode with Kainoa McGee who you know he's a guy who um has certainly um left a humongous mark in uh bodyboarding in our culture um but also in more recent times in the surfing world as well um in this interview we talk about his um his uh call to be as an alternate for the Eddie Aikau um in Waimea um a call up that he was super, super um, touched by and really moved by, um, and you know, quite a big deal in your life, you know, like to to get a call up to compete, to paddle out in 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 that um, in that that arena, which it which it certainly is. So yeah, so I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really hope you enjoy this um, this special, very special episode of the podcast with Kainoa McGee, uh, recorded at uh, Makapu, um, you know, one of those spiritual homes of bodyboarding. Um, I was lucky enough you can hear the waves breaking in the background during this this podcast interview and, um, yeah, it was such a special moment. I got to go for a little body surf afterwards out there with um, some some old local guys riding like pipos, like really timber pipos and, yeah, just absolutely shredding and loving it. So, yeah, this one was a really special one for me. I think you can tell this is the longest intro I've ever done for a podcast. So um, a huge thank you to Kainoa for taking the time. Um, he was lifeguarding and just managed to kind of watch the beach and have a chat at the same time. And, and yeah, I really hope you enjoy this. And, um, yeah, once again, thanks a lot, Kainoa. Okay, I'm uh, I'm sitting at a beach, which I'm probably pronouncing correctly, Makapu. Pu'u. Pu'u. Yeah, Makapu. Okay. Yeah. I let it. I better let the guy next to me explain. Uh, <laughs> his name's Kainoa McGee, and many of you just certainly know who this guy is. And uh, tell tell me about Makapu. Pu'u. Makapu is actually. Um, one of the waves closest to my heart okay. uh, growing up here. It's one of the more advanced waves. So we grew up, I grew up at the Waikiki Wall with the likes of Cave in Okamura, uh, Dean Marzal, Kitsasaki, yeah. you know, Parker Tom, Mike Tom, Tommy Kapahua, Lawrence Travis, like all these guys. Yeah. We grew up at the wall, which is, you know, as beginner, a beginner spot, as a beginner spot gets. And um, you know, so in order to branch out, you know, we would go as far as Sandy's and Makapu. Uh -huh. And Makapu back in the day used to have tons of contests, yeah. uh, just like Sandy Beach. Okay. Um, uh, Sandy's got most of the notoriety because yeah. the quality of the wave yeah. most times is better because the wind here at Makapu usually blows out. Yeah. But I, I personally have an a, attachment to both and, and for different reasons. Yeah. One, I like the better shore break at Sandy's. 
uh, with the half point and then now that I'm riding surfboards and subs and all the other stuff, yeah. full point as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with, with Makapu, it's another beach that you can only bodyboard or body surf. And there's very few of those here in Hawaii. That's right. Um, there's literally only two, Sandys and Makapu. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, you know, and then the only place that you can actually just body surf is Point Panic. That's right, yeah. And, um, you know, as we're looking at the waves here, yeah. that wave there out on the left, the point, I call it the point. Yeah. Everybody has different names depending who you grew up with. Okay. <laughs> but I call it the point. By far, if you watch the wave we're watching right now, it's yeah. perfect for Dude, jack stands. It's sweet. And, and, I, and I, I've always um, grew up here surfing this wave, you know, especially over there. That's my favorite peak here. Yeah. Uh, Kinky Corner gets really good. Yeah. And people love that as well. The regular footers, obviously, I'm a goofy footer. Yeah. Um, and I suck at two riding backside, so there I prefer go. the left. Uh, Want to definitely perfect, get more perfect rides. jack stands wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just rolled all the way through to the shore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's a uh, for a childhood growing up here, a lot of the local kids, especially bodyboarders, mm. feel the same way. Yeah. It's um. Is there quite a crew that comes here today? Is there still a lot of local bodyboarders? Most of that crew is actually grown up already. They're they're getting older, uh, like the Kainoa Lonos. Yeah. And, yeah. Kaviks and a bunch of those yeah. other kids, they're all growing older and, and surfing bigger, different ways, more yeah. North Shore or traveling and stuff like that. But yeah. they come back every once in a while. Yeah. And um, it's a wave that's more advanced than beginner and depending on the day, yeah. um, it's enough for somebody, like it's a good step up wave. Yeah. Right? If it's not too gnarly, when it's like eight to 10 feet, obviously not. Yeah. But on a day like this or pretty much any other normal day at Makapu, yeah. it allows for kids who don't have a lot of experience to start getting that experience and work yeah. their way up to bigger and better waves. So yeah. that's another good thing about here is that it can accommodate on any given day yeah. uh, a plethora of different levels of yeah. athletes. Yeah. And it's a little bit like it looks like there's a patch of reef out there at the point you were talking about. Is that a bit of reef underneath there? So yep. It's like so the it first comes taste in, of a bit of reef for guys in, as well. Exactly. Yeah. But they still end the wave. Yeah. Well, if they don't end up on the yeah, rocks. Yeah, exactly. The rocks look pretty bad. Then as they well. end the wave on the sand. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And there's a few guys body surfing out there yep. as well. There's a lot of body surfers I see around. Uh, Actually, there's a resurgence lately with body surfing. I've seen a lot more guys. Um, probably what happened with similar to myself and guys of my generation and the generations before and probably right after is um, everybody life got got in the way. Yeah. Right. Stop touring. Yeah. Stop doing this. You stop doing that. You, you don't surf as much. Then you notice you don't surf at all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I got to get back to it. So eh, you go one day and like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking yeah. by not doing this? And, and so a lot of the older guys who are body surfers are coming back. And then a lot of the lo younger kids too yeah. are starting to body surf it as well. It seems like it's yeah, very much in vogue at the moment. Um, I was lucky enough to get a, I got the last um, the last spot in the pipeline body surf comp two oh, years nice, ago. And that was nice. one of the, that's still one of the best days of my life. Yeah, Like awesome. to swim out there and to be amongst that, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Um, you mentioned that you're doing, you're riding a few different craft at the moment. I mean, how, how would your time be split between the different craft in the water these days? Um, majority of it is shortboard. Yep. And then some sup. I'm actually getting back this up again. I got a yep. decent board, actually a really good board now that I changed the fin setup uh, from yep. Jimmy Lewis. Okay. And then Ryan, Brian Robbins at Futures Fin uh, sent me some fins and I put it on the board. It was actually, uh, when I ride sup, I actually have only used quads to okay. this point. Right. And the, all the setups that I love the most 
they weren't working on the board. And one day I was like, ah, screw it, let's try a thruster. And so yeah. I put the Merrick, the AM2, their large fin thruster setup, and it, it's literally working like the board I expected it to okay. be. Because the shape that it has and the volume, the rail tapers and stuff like that, the board, to me, I felt should have been working more like a short board. Yeah. Uh, with the fin setups I had on, it was more working more like a, a quad, I mean, a, a long board. Yeah, sure. Which is, you know, for most traditional long boards, uh, they don't turn as tight on the yeah, top. Yeah. But now by changing the fins, it's literally opened my eyes to a whole new world and, and it's um, awesome. So I'm all excited again to be out supping some more. Yeah. And then been getting back, you know, after the invitation for the Eddie. Yeah, so it was, uh, uh, congratulations, by the way. Basically, awesome. yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. it's still floating. I know, I know, I know. It's like crazy. crazy, you know, and, mm. and when we were out in the opening ceremony, Clyde was calling on different people to yeah. talk. And um, he pointed at me and I sat there and, you know, basically the words that came out of my mouth were, this has been such a dream of mine from being a skinny, loudmouth little bodyboarder kid at the Waikiki <laughs> Wall. And it's always been a dream, but as a bodyboarder, how do you get into the Eddie? Yeah. Right? So you, when you're a kid and you dream, you don't think about the how, you just think about the what. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And who knew that my career would have ever taken the turns that it has in, yeah. in every way? Yeah. Um, you know, I was diehard bodyboard, didn't want to surf, didn't want to surf. And then, um, after I got sick uh, at the end of 99, early yeah. 2000, when I was in a coma, yeah. I came out and I said, everything goes. Yeah, right. Everything goes. And how I actually started riding shortboards was one day I drove out to Ehukai, was hanging out at the Volcom house with the boys, and I wasn't that good for bodyboarding, so I was going to bail. And they're like, wow, we just go surf. I go, I'm not surfing on a bodyboard. I'll use a surfboard. But Every, as you can tell, everybody's smaller than I am. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell, what am I going to use? And Lao's about, Lao Lao was like, no, bro, you got to go surf. Let's go surf. Go, bro, let's go find one of Sonny's boards. Yeah. So sure enough, I found like a 610. Okay. And then um, I tried that. Then later that day, Joel Tudor had a couple of sick little fishes. Nice. Um, and I took those out and had a, had a good time. It was pretty much hooked from there. That was a pipe. Uh, yep, that was yep. actually at Eukai. Started at Eukai. Yeah. And then later on, pipe started getting good. And I was like, I don't even know how to surf. I'm not going to go out to pipe. And then I was like, yeah. ah, I'll just sit on the shoulder. Yeah, sure. Caught a couple on the shoulder. And then the set started coming in. Next thing you know, I was in the peak and going, oh, this is going to end badly. And uh, uh, as history tells, it actually ended up pretty darn good. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so after, you know, just starting surfing that yeah. following year, was my pro first professional contest. So I'd been surfing uh, for a little bit yeah. more than a year, probably at that point. And you did the pipe trials did or the, you did the pipe I QS? did the pipe. It was, uh, at the time, it was the Monster Energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I ended up making semifinals Crazy. there. So Crazy. Yeah, I've been super blessed. I've had, you know, I've had a lot of good things happen in my career and a lot of bad things that I caused myself. So, um, the blessing of the Eddie invitation is kind of lit a fire under under me again and yeah cool. so you know i'm calling in all favors i'm calling in favors that i don't even have <laughs> to help make it happen and you know i have friends like corey correa at landmark yeah. logistics that's been an unbelievable help he said whatever you need i got you you know so yeah. help me get um you know whatever suits and boards i need to you know the inflation vest this that or whatever yeah. else it is that i need it's as much as he can he's helping out with that bob hurley's 
lending me his 10 4. Yeah. Sonny Garcia's lending me his 10 6. Sick. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the support I receive is, is like amazing. There isn't one person I talked to that said no. Yeah, and so, and, and that's the sad thing about a bodyboard community, is mm. it's the opposite. Mm. I'm a bodyboarder in the surfing world, and the surfers are all down, and the bodyboarders, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll see what we can do, and it's, it's just baffling to me. And um, why, do you think, um, why do you think that is? Like, I mean, because as you said, you, you, you're the loudmouth, skinny bodyboarder from the wall, and then suddenly you, you're, you had a career, and you definitely proved your point on a bodyboard out of Pipeline and stuff. Did you, did you feel like you got the respect from that surfing community while you were on the bodyboard? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you already got it. Yeah. But then did it go to a new level once yeah. you stepped onto the surfboard? Yeah, and one of the biggest um, biggest compliments that I was paid or that sticks out to me the most is uh, came from Brian Buhlman. Yep. And um, so this is when I started riding surfboards and I got a good wave and I kicked on his paddle. I said, hey, that was a nice wave kind of one. Thanks, Brian. Stoked. He goes, he goes, you're a really good surfer. And I'm all, oh, thanks. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm not saying you're a really good surfer for a bodyboarder or yeah. for a non-surfer. He said, you're just a really good surfer. And I, I literally just said, thank you and paddled away. But I was the whole time paddling away, just kind of like, wow, did that just He's really happen? You know? <laughs> because yeah, photographers, they don't see anything that happens in the water. Right? <laughs> you know, so they've seen everything. And, for that, and, and I'm close to Brian. Brian and our great friends. He is yeah. actually, um, one of the first photographers I ever shot with and yeah. the first photo I ever got printed, I believe, was a Brian Peelman photo. Yeah, cool. So we've been close since I was, what, 13, 14 years old, yeah. whatever it was. I yeah. slept at his house on the North Shore and we went and shot Keiki with a good sandbar. Cool. Um, but yeah, to come from someone like that who's not just a, a, a peer, but a really good friend, mm -hmm. uh, meant a lot. And even to this, to this day, like we'll sit down and be hanging out at the Bokum House or just talking story with a bunch of surfers and they're like, oh, right, I remember seeing you drop me pipe and you know, all this stuff. And, and it's crazy, like I don't, you don't expect it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially from surfers, you, you rarely hear that from surfers. You hear it from bodyboarders all the time. Yeah. But hearing it from surfers, like, and we're not even talking about it, but they just bring it up randomly yeah. because they were, don't want to, toot my own horn and I, I don't know how to say this without without doing that is you know just say it no yeah, I judge you. <laughs> you know they're like this you know he goes I've never seen anything like that and you know for them to 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 be able to impress right and at that point uh surfers and bodyboarders still that's had what I was that, gonna say that, at that point it was still a lot of tension tug of war right? and yeah. a lot of tension yeah and to be able to get that love and I, I remember when I started surfing in the triple crown one year, they were calling my name for my heat and I was hanging out at the tent at sunset with uh, Chava Greenlee and a bunch of the other boys. You know, everybody just cruises under the tent. Yeah. And um, like, oh yeah, bodyboarder, Kaino McGee, this, that, and whatever. And the boys started yelling, he's a surfer, he's not a bodyboarder. He's a surfer, he's, he's a now. surfer. Right? And, and, and to you know, get them to claim that, like. Yeah. I, and, and to them, it, it probably meant nothing and it was funny, but to me, it was like, wow. Like, cool. you know, it's, to be accepted that way, yeah. you know. It's, is pipe still a, a place that you try to get to often on the swells, or is it in this timing? Are you more like obviously with the eddy, the waiting periods on now, so right. you're obviously focused on that. That must yeah. be your primary focus. Absolutely. But, but how does pipe fit into your kind of 
um, kind of places to go and pipe, on. Pipe's always my favorite. Yeah. Pipe's literally near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Not just because it, it's what helped make my career, but I have an affinity to Pipeline. I have nothing but love and respect for Pipeline and I just enjoy surfing Pipeline more yeah. than any, anywhere else in the world as much as I enjoy mm-hmm. surfing you know, good waves. Yeah. It's still like my favorite spot yeah. by far. And, um, but lately, the past few years, like I said, I've been working like six, seven days a week. Yeah. So I don't have much time to get out to the North Shore. So it's actually really frustrating. And, um, you know, I'm working here on the east side lifeguarding. Yeah. And uh, I try and get out to the North Shore as much as possible. But all of our lifeguarding districts have been so short that they can't let me go. Uh-huh, and okay. so it's super frustrating because, um, you know, for a while, I- I've been actually injured for the past two years. Yeah. I had shoulder surgery uh, t- two years ago come February. Yeah. And... I have what I call a systematic systematic breakdown from head to toe. Really? So what happened is like all these little injuries that have been lingering wow. for so long because I had to sit and like not do anything. They all started coming out all at the same time. And then the overcompensation making up for the side that was injured. Yeah. Then the side that's doing the overcompensation is getting all screwed up and yeah, hurt. Right. And, um, and that, that's another thing I think too is I've been in a dark place for, for the past few years and never kind of realized it, but not the extent that it was because mm. um, I was living my day. I didn't have any thoughts of killing myself or anything like that. I was just yeah. really bummed on where I was in my life and yeah. feel that I should have been doing more or should be doing more. And there, there's more going on that I should be a part of, Yeah, you know, whether it's working with uh, Maui Ola Foundation yep. or Surfers Healing or any of these foundations. But I just felt that there's so much more I can do, um, not only for my family and myself, but you know, for the community. And it's frustrating to not be able to do that. Yeah. That's another thing the invitation to the Eddie um, had brought out. So my body was just not reacting the way I wanted it to the things I was doing to heal it. Yeah. Whether it's massage or chiropractic or acupuncture, or, the dieting and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like everything I tried to do prior to the invitation for the Eddie, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and also from the surgery, I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia. Yeah, right. So I had a, a I still have a bunch of bloating from that. So I'm okay. still figuring out how to get rid of that. But I had both knees are sore, both shoulders, both sides of my lower yeah, back. Yeah. Like everything was going wrong. All of the stuff and from the past. All these all little things of this that stuff. Happened. Yeah. And then after the Eddie, I, I don't know, because mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, emotionally, my, my mind and my body were ready to let go. That all of a sudden, everything I did prior, I've done the same things after and they're all working. Okay. And so I, I couldn't drop me for a good six to eight, maybe 12 months. Right. And I feel now that I could totally drop me. That's why I'm bummed they didn't bring my board today. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple I worked there. here last week and it was literally <laughs> flat. It yeah. was a lake. And I checked the surf report last yeah. night. It said like a foot to two, yeah. which this is bigger, bigger than, than that. that. Yeah. yeah, it set me up. I'm surprised. Like, Damn I'm it. surprised. I turned the corner up at the lookout when it was coming to work. Yeah. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I should have brought my bodyboard today. And Did- because I want to get back. You know, to Jack's stance. I want to get back to bodyboarding. Yeah. 
And the biggest reason I haven't bodyboarded as much is I only have two bodyboards and I've had two bodyboards for 10 years. <laughs> the same two bodyboards. And as big as I am, <laughs> I can't surf on them regularly la, la. and have them stay in good shape, Shit. right? So Shit. that's okay. a thing. We'll, we'll have to sort this out with the community who's listening right. to this one. We, we, we've got to fix this one. But well, I, I'm working the... on some stuff regarding that, but oh, the thing are? is cool. the quality of the raw materials they use now are so bad that yeah. there's no way now I talk to PMA and I talk to X-Man and they're like, dude, you need new boards. I go, I've been saying that for like the last 10 years. Yeah. They go, yeah, but the material we have right now, it's so bad and it, it's not going to even last. We could put five stringers in it. Exactly. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. And so we're in the process of just trying to find better materials. The cool. beaded, the beaded PP, right? Yeah. The beaded polypropylene, um, the, the good mesh. Yeah. Um, and, and even worst case scenario, just Dow cores at least. And... Uh, PMA said he's done the research, but the problem is you have to buy in bulk to get a good price. Sure, sure. You know, like 500 pieces. Crazy. Like, and in a year, you, you could use all of that, but yeah. where the heck are you going to store it and where are you going to come exactly. up with the money up exactly. front, right? There's not exactly. that much money being made on bodyboarding right now that you could justify doing something nah. like that. Nah. And so, and it's frustrating. I mean, these boards were made for me, um, like I said, a good eight to 10 years ago. Um, uh, when it was still Turbo, Turbo yeah. Australia. Okay, okay. And um, and yeah, so I just, one of the boards, the one that I use more often because it wasn't as good as a 48, yeah. 48 inch board, that one's all flexed out already. And it's like, ah. And you know, so it forces me to want to use the better board, which is a 50 yeah, right. that they made me. And I'm just like, well, you know, it's in case we get the permit back for the contest and yeah. you know we get all the days that we need to and I get another invitation, I gotta save the board yeah. for that. So it's just frustrating. It's like, even so, if I wanted boards, I can't get them. So it's still there in you. Like, I mean, even though the surfing world seemed to have embraced you a lot more in the last few years and, you, and you've definitely been, you put your focus into that to obviously improve right. on a surfboard, but the, the passion for bodyboarding is still very much alive in you. Oh, it's exactly the same. It hasn't changed. It, you know, I was disheartened when I dropped off the tour because of the decisions made by the board to change the way they were judging and, okay. and taking drop kneeing and stand up out of main events and yeah. just calling it a prone event. Yeah. That was disheartening. Um, you know, it literally took money off my family's table and um, you know, it, 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 it hurt a lot of people and I don't think they, they realize that. Yeah. And things need to change. They don't necessarily need to go back to where they were but closer than not because yep. they were good and bad back there but the thing that always separated us from any other wave riding vehicle was the versatility of its riders yeah and you take away the versatility and that and we always complain that the spin to win uh quantity over quality was brought to us by surfers but the thing is bodyboarding perpetuated it yeah. and then made it even worse by segregating the sport. Yeah, right. Right? So stand-up guys, drop knee guys, jack stance guys. Yeah. All lost their job. It's interesting that you bring this up because I've spoken to actually you had an interview with Mason Rose the other mm. day and he said exactly the same thing. He's, right. he's like this drop knee needs to be brought back in, stand up even. Everything. And what's interesting about it though is that surfing is in is on the verge now of actually taking stand-up bodyboarding from bodyboarding right i've noticed there's more and more surfers now riding like a bodyboard uh like a stand-up bodyboard right and i and then 
and it's actually being treated like a new thing almost. Yeah. And I'm just like, hang on a second. It's been around this from This has been around one. from yeah. a really long time ago. So you're saying that some of these changes, the, the, the prioritization of the prone style has just, in your opinion, really taken the sport or put it on, on a hold in terms of its development. No, not hold. And it, you can't even say it went backwards. Yeah. This is what people saying, oh, it's gone backwards, this, that, or we got to go back to this and yeah. that. In order for it to go backwards, it would have the sport would have had to have been there to start with. Yeah, right. Right. Sure. So it's worse than backwards. It yeah. didn't exist. They created something yeah. negative that didn't exist prior. Yeah, right. Right. So it would be one thing if it started that way, and then we went into adding stand up and drop knee and double knee, whatever the heck you wanted to do, yeah. and then took it away again. But it started that way, and then they took it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, it's, you can't go backwards because it, it was never there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the most frustrating thing to me. And you know, the majority of the board at that time when I was a board member were all prone guys. Yeah. And they're afraid to lose. Me, I always wanted to, I always wanted to compete against the best guys in the best ways yeah. with their equipment. I always, you know, hear stories about, you know, guys are like ruining each other's board <laughs> or putting Vaseline or poking <laughs> holes in the board. I wanted my competitors to be well rested. Yeah. I wanted them to have the best equipment, yeah. their magic board, the yeah. fins. I wanted everything to be on point for them and for me. Yeah. So for if it. I won, I beat them at the best that they were at. Yeah. And if I lost, I lost to them at the best that they were at. I yeah. never wanted anything half-assed. And I never want, ever, ever, ever want any rule changes yeah. to benefit me. It has to benefit the sport. And it's obvious that it hasn't benefited the sport. because yeah. of, of all the wave riding vehicles, Bodyboarding is the only one that constantly recesses. Yeah. And constantly goes backwards. Yeah. It's still fighting the same fight it was fighting when it stopped touring 20 something years ago. Yeah, yeah. Getting enough money, doing this, uh, getting enough money, getting better venues, mm. um, having sponsors to be a part of it, having, you know, top quality riders to be a part of it. Mm. And that's the same struggle now where everyone else surfing, obviously you can see where surfing is yeah, going. Yeah. SUP is newer, and yeah. look where SUP is going. And it's gone through its ups and downs, but it's still holding, Yeah. right? Um, longboarding, they go up and down too, but they're making a resurgence as well. Everything but bodyboarding is making a resurgence because at the point where I dipped out is where uh, PMA, X-Man and myself, we sold industry. Yeah. And I remember when they ran the first ad, I would always look in the magazines to see how our ads look compared to everybody else's. And if it stood out, it didn't stand out, whatever, what yeah. we need to do to change it. I flipped through it three times and missed it. Right. Because how we had done it prior was so different that it was easy. I could flip through it. I know exactly. That I wouldn't even need to ask, know the page. Yeah. And so I called X-Man and said, what the hell? Where is our ad? He's like, it's in there, bro. It's on page, whatever, whatever. And I looked at it and I was disgusted. Yeah, right. This stupid just push play dumbass marketing <laughs> terrible ad. And I was like, I go, what is the point? They've made us look like everybody else, right? And in typical uh, fashion, they shelved us a year later. Yeah, right. Our products could not stay in the store. They're always sold out. So that was always the the mentality in the surfing industry by the little companies but instead of um running them and keeping the market share that they have they would 
shelf it, yeah. get rid of it. You know, it's happened to a bunch of companies, it's happened to MCD. Yeah. Uh, and that, that went for a while. And after it didn't do what they wanted it to do, they stopped. They um, yeah. And then there was a Pirate Surf yeah, right. was another good example. And, I, and I, what happens is these corporate companies thought that they could buy out these little companies and then shelf those companies and then they would no longer exist and then take all of that fans and all the people who bought their product and they would go and buy their stuff. Doesn't work Duh, yeah. dumbasses. Yeah. Obviously not. They're buying that because they don't want to buy exactly, your stuff. Exactly, exactly. So if you get rid of it, you get rid of your market share as well. Yeah. And so that was the same thing when we got bought out um, by LMNOP. That's the same thing that happened to industry. Yeah, like right. our boards, I would show up at the stores and it'd be empty. They couldn't even keep up with our orders. We yeah. had that problem when we were industry ourselves, mm. And that's the whole, one of the reasons we sold is so that we could have the money, we could have the resources yeah, to do it, right. but that didn't happen. And it's, it hasn't actually stopped either. I mean, I think really if you did an analysis of the, of the bodyboard industry today, it's even more concentrated into only like, mm -hmm. I believe there's only two real, uh, like major places where the majority of boards are made. Right. And a few smaller places, obviously, um, I think in Hawaii here and on the, on, in, in the US mainland. Right. But um, it's definitely taken a, it's been a strange change, but I want to come back to something that actually I think could be interesting to talk about. Like one of the last times I ever saw you compete with my own eyes was in Tahiti in 2003 right. at the right. competition there. And I remember at the time now that I'm actually just taking my mind back there, you were, it was possible for you to drop me in that Chopu event. Yep. And I think all of us were waiting and you were, you know, yeah. like it was kind of intense because it's a big call to right, drop right. me yeah, yeah. Um, You did really well in that event, but it was a little bit controversial, the ending there, wasn't it? Well, they, they stopped. Well, I actually was winning the event. I know. Um, yeah. With the, the next round, yeah. my heat from the, the next round. And then what happened was Tamega got hurt. Yeah. And I actually left with him in the ambulance to go to the hospital. Yeah. He split his knee wide open. Yeah. And it just got too crazy and they ended up canceling the event. Yeah. So they didn't count my, that heat in that round. Yeah. And so it was only the two heats I ended up getting second overall. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, was that a good memory for you or a bittersweet one in, in some ways? And, and the thing is, if you don't run the whole round and everybody, it is, that's what it that's is. What it that, is. You, can't, you can't change that. You yeah. can't be like, well, I got, then, then the only, then the victory becomes an asterisk next to it. Well, he yeah. got to surf a whole another round and we yeah, didn't sure, sure. and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I had a really sick morning heat and I actually got, I remember I got one, um, shoot, I can't remember who was in the heat and they're paddling out. And because the judges were in the boat, they couldn't see what happens on the inside. Yeah. And I, I had this one wave that I, I was super deep and came out in the West Bowl way on the inside, way past the bowl. And after I straightened out and I kicked out, I could hear, oh, I don't know if it was Youngie. I don't know if Youngie was still around at the time. Oh, it was Andrew Lester, I believe. Yeah, okay. And he was yelling, he made it, he made it. Like as he was dipping, yeah, I came out of yeah, the wave. Yeah. Then I straightened out and kicked back, but they couldn't see that I made it. And yeah. I remember him yelling. And that's why everybody asks me, like, you know, oh, you like surfing better, bodyboarding better, you yeah. like um, sup, you know, what do you like better? I say, I love all of them. Yeah. But if I'm going to be realistic, the most fun I had is on tour with the bodyboarders. Yeah. Because the bodyboarders, there's always, um, 
you know, rivalries. Yeah. And one of those biggest rivalries were myself and Mike Stewart. Sure. But he and I were good friends, and most of the body, even I had a rivalry with Tomega, but we're freaking great friends too. Yeah. You know, I was blessed enough to ask to be um, one of, uh, you know, two guys in Mike's wedding, and I was the only bodyboarder. Yeah. Uh, in the wedding party. Um, you know, so that meant a lot to me because I love Lisa and, of course, their, their kids now, Kai and Anella. Yeah. Um, but we always, like, there's certain people that no matter what you do, you're going to just dislike. It doesn't matter whether <laughs> it's bodyboarding, it's surfing, whatever. Yeah. There's just certain people you don't click with. Yeah. But for the majority of it, I know for sure, like, the perfect uh, example was in Reunion Island. Yeah. We would go places with, like, 50 or 60 people yeah. all at once. and. They were staying at, I remember I wasn't staying there, I was staying up in the hill with Wingy yeah. and Youngy and um, Ben and a bunch of us were staying up in this, this little uh, cottage. They had a bunch of cottages on the property. Yeah. But I remember we went down to the hotel where the staff was staying and where all the other bodyboarders were staying. And we had like the heaviest, gnarliest game of Marco Polo you ever did see. <laughs> Marco Polo! Like guys jumping off like the second story I think I over said, your I head. I remember this from um, all, one of those old yeah, videos actually. Yeah, Maybe the Hot Pro crazy. in 97 or something yeah. like 96. And then we used to do the, uh, we also used to have Trump's tournaments, Trump's card tournaments. Okay, okay. And it was, we'd have like 10 tables going at once <laughs> and we had to make rules. Both hands have to be on the table. You guys kind of like, because they'd be playing, like people would make signs like footsie yeah. and tap you out many times, whatever whatever the code was. I mean, it got to the point where it was so serious, like two hands on the table, you can only look at your cards like this. And it was heavy. And because everybody was ultra competitive, right? Nobody wanted to lose. But yeah. for the most part, I can remember everybody was still happy for the person who won unless that was the person you hated, right? Yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember, you know, even losing how stoked I was for, you know, my friends who won and this, that yeah. and whatnot. Even to this day, yeah. it's the same thing. Of course, I want to win more than anybody else. I think that's still with the sport, I yeah. can say. Like from my, my experience being back on the world tour for two years now, everybody is really happy for everyone else. Yeah. Like there isn't really any big, um, bitter rivalry there's there's good competition there's respect but then there's a lot of people are really happy for each other when they win or even if they lose a final yeah in the water we're enemies out of yeah, the water exactly. we're all good exactly, exactly. yeah and and that's a, one of the things i miss uh, most about being on the bodyboard tour yeah or even any tour for that matter because sup uh, the sup tour we also had that we yeah. had good vibes and yeah it was cool like everybody hung out, you know, like the Hawaiian and the Polynesian and the Tahitians. And yeah. then we'd have guys from France and like, yeah, it was an eclectic mix, just like bodyboarding. And yeah. it was awesome. And yeah. I, I know this surfing scene is more segregated um, now that it's so big, you know, like yeah. the Brazilians hang out together and yeah. the Cali, you know, whatever. Um, but but that, that was always the, one of my fondest memories. And it's usually, you know, team sport athletes that feel that way because of the locker room vibe yeah, and sure, stuff like that sure. and that's basically the beach is our locker room yeah because when you're not surfing everybody's hanging out watching what's going on yeah. anyway yeah um with that with that kind of long career of yours are there any is there any particular moment that you can point to that was like the absolute highlight like pinnacle moment for you in bodyboarding is there anything that comes to your mind i think um I can say for sure winning the, the first uh, Jack Stance expression session at Pipeline yeah. that they had during the women's event 
Uh, I think my first wave was a 10 right off the bat. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's always a good way <laughs> to start the heat. That's a good start to a heat. And yeah. if you watch the, the video from that day, it was freaking perfect. It was eight to 10 foot, occasionally bigger, and just doubling up in first reef and just barreling. It's super gnarly. Yeah. Uh, actually, that wave, the 10-point ride is actually in Fu Manchu. Aha, uh -huh, yeah, okay, um, yep. And, you know, Joey Libby has a bunch of stuff from that year, but yeah, that that was de definitely, you know, one of the pinnacles. So, as a high and then, you know, all the lows, that pipe getting second. Yeah. You know, I think you it was like three or four now. years yeah. fucking over being second place already, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, <clears throat> and so, were there any times in those second placings that you feel like you, you were hard done by, or was it just... Two, two years for sure, I felt years? that I was there. Okay. I had no doubt in my mind, because it was so close, and especially watching the video, even more so, I'm like, wait, how did they get that score? Okay, so there's no. two that you were like, yeah. damn. I the know, other two, yeah. you just weren't the, uh, I, the other two, I was on the fence. Okay. The other one or two, I can't remember if it was three or four. It's, yeah. I've been trying to delete it from my memory. <laughs> Sorry to bring it, it up. It comes back every so often. <laughs> Sorry to bring uh, it up. No, not at all. Um, uh, you know, but it's, it's you know, to, to win, you got to lose. Yeah. Not everybody's going to win. Yeah. Michael Jordan didn't make every basket. Kelly Slater, I mean, yeah, Kelly Slater didn't win every heat. Nah. Uh, it, just, it just is what it is. But um, I, I think I'm a little too easy going now when I lose. Okay. So, I just need to get back to it more, do more competing, and be pissed off when I actually lose. Yeah, sure. Because then it drives me more, right? Because I remember you were intense in Tahiti, like it was fucked up. Yeah. Like you were you were yelling and yeah. screaming, not at anyone, yeah, just yeah. at the at the situation. Right. And you, and you were winning, like in that moment, yeah. you were really. It was almost like you were riding on your own kind of adrenaline yeah. through every heat. Um, well, I, I I I'm that kind of person. Like the people who like actually go to the beach with me, they can attest to like. Yeah. We just going yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> punching the freaking wind, the the roof or the steering wheel. I'm like that, and so you know. Some people, you know, may think, except for the friends who know me, that, yeah. that that it's a show. But I do it when I'm by myself. It drives my <laughs> wife nuts. Yeah, but where we live is like in a, a, a modified basement. Yeah. So the, the roof is really low. Yeah. And there's still a fist hole <laughs> in the in the uh, the roof. A fist pump of happiness. Yeah, I was watching a World <laughs> Cup one year and they scored the winning goal. And I was like, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, shit. And I was home by myself. So it's, it's just me. I'm, you know, when I watch sports at home, my wife says, shut up. So what's going to be the situation in the eddy? Is that a different beast for you? Because it sounds like it's it's quite a spiritual moment for you as much as anything else. Like it, it seems to have uh, fixed your kind of any of this pain that you've been suffering and cleared up your head a lot too yeah. is how's your approach to the eddy going to be like, uh, this is my everybody asks oh yeah. you know what alternate are you i don't even know yeah sure i didn't even look at the list my my job as a professional is to be ready yeah so that means i have my boards my suits my vest whatever i'm going to use in the water ready yeah and if they call they call if they don't call it doesn't matter that's the life of an that's alternate yeah. right and in the eddy just the invitation as an alternate yeah. is a massive honor, right? Yeah. And and that's how the majority of people for the first time are getting into the eddy, they come in as alternates. Yeah. And then they either earn their way because they did good in the contest when they got in, or they start doing more work outside of that yeah. at Peahi, at yeah. Nazare, Hit, or Porto, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And they start 
showing that they're worthy. Uh, a perfect example this year is Kaylee Mamala and Kai Lenny yeah. got invited as actual invitees, yeah. um, as well as Kiala Kennelly. Yeah, cool. The first female That's actual amazing. invitee. Uh, and she's more, she and they are more than worthy of that. And yeah. it always baffled me these past years how they weren't already automatic invitees. Kyle Lenny's next level. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah, like, I mean, sure. I, I don't know how he. Yeah, 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 he's, absolutely. He's it's, crazy. Well, the thing is, he, people don't realize that he started surfing Piahi when, he, I believe, when he was like 10, 12 years old <laughs> on a windsurf board, right? <laughs> crazy. And so for him, Similar to Jamie O'Brien, yeah. how Jamie does that at Pipeline and Backdoor. That's yeah. literally his backyard. Yeah. And for big wave surfing for Kai, yeah. Piahi is his backyard. So he, the, the nerves that everybody else feels, yeah. um, you know, Billy, Albie, yeah. uh, Kai, yeah. you know, and the rest of the Maui guys who go out there all the time, they feel excitement. Like yeah. They don't have those nerves. That's, this yeah. is what I do. Yeah. This is what I love. It's the same way I feel about Pipeline. Yeah. With um, Waimea, though, are you, I mean, are you trying to get any time out there over yeah, this Yeah, I, I went and... a couple of times this year, but the waves weren't very good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the next coming weeks that, that I'm able to do so I can get either the time off or yeah. work out on the North Shore to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and that's always the thing. They go, how are you training for uh, Eddie? I'm all uh, one foot full point and uh, <laughs> a two foot half point. Yeah. But a lot of it's a psychological game as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like um, these waves aren't, they're not foreign to you. Like, I mean, you've lived with no, them your no, whole no. life, so it's not, it's not too much of a stretch. No, not at all. And the thing about it is that it's 99% mental. Yeah. Right? Because on those waves, that type of wave at that size, yeah. no matter where you're surfing, if you're paddling in and not getting towed in, yeah. you're literally going to fall over the cliff yeah. every single time you take off. Yeah. It's always an it's always an over the falls takeoff. Yeah. At some point your board is gonna detach or it's gonna get blown up yeah. by the wind. At some point, some way, somehow, every single drop is gonna be gnarly. Yeah. Right? Which is always a big thing with paddling into big surf. Yeah. So you have to just get you know, you probably paddle for a few waves. Yeah. I know myself I'm like this. Paddle for a few waves and then realize it's like well, fuck it. You got to go. If you don't go, the drop, drop's not going to change. No. You need to change it. You need to figure out what you got to do to make this happen. Yeah. And so that, that's basically, basically it. Because I haven't been out in surf that size for years. Yeah. Um, consistently. Yeah. Because of, you know, life, life. Yeah. work, being injured, uh, whatever it is. And so it's, but to me, it's exciting to not to to have a reason to do it now not just because i want to yeah but now there's a purpose to it yeah and and now it makes more sense now for me to get the big boards that i've always wanted right 10 0 10 6 11 whatever yeah. the 9 4 whatever the heck it is i end up big getting investments those boards, yeah, oh, right? no. i mean yeah like yeah, you, you gotta outlay a lot you know, of cash on there's, there's nothing cheap you know and, and technology and this that and whatnot so yeah it's um a full commitment yeah right because you have to that's it's not like Surfing, like I've surfed pipe every year so far in the sub event for the backdoor shootout with subpar yeah. equipment. And I've done it pretty much since I started riding sub. I've had one board that was actually really good yeah. all around as well as out at pipe. Yeah. And that was a board that uh, Blaine Chambers and at the time was Palo Surf Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like I haven't had anything really good. I had the Jimmy Lewis this year. <laughs> yeah. The problem with that was 
because I was so concentrated on the Eddie, yeah. I hadn't done sub. And two days prior to the opening ceremony for the backdoor shoot, I was like, oh shit. I'm in a sup event. Maybe I should start supping. <laughs> At pot. No, just period. Just period. <laughs> because the, you know, in order for the boards to work really well, you want them as small as possible. Sure. So if you watch the event, you'll see guys up to their waist in water just standing on the board. Yeah. And um, you know, I didn't spend enough time. The boards, when the contest finally got to the day of the contest, um, I got it to a point where it was working okay. The board was good. I just wasn't because physically, it? well, physically, I had been out. Yeah. I hadn't my Such knee like full this. Body effort. Yeah, and my this muscle over yeah. here was yeah. like inside of the knee. No, no, right. So both of you see yeah. how they're similar. Yeah. But this knee, this was the knee that was out for a while. Yeah. Because there, there was a, whatever the injury was, the pinched nerve or whatever. It was like literally like this soft. Yeah. Right. All like I could push my finger down to the first crease. Jeez. So there was no no activation in this leg at right. all. And that had just started before I started back on the sup. Yeah, right. So my balance personally is nowhere near where it should be. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're getting back to that, getting back training. But what's the journey back ahead for you into the water more often? Because uh, one of the things, I guess, one of the main crew that's going to listen to this podcast is a is a group of guys on Facebook called the Vintage Bodyboarders, right, right, right. right? And you've seen the that phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> and they're absolutely, like a lot of these guys are getting back in the water after right. many, many years out. Um, do you have any kind of tips or, or, you know, advice for these guys if they're listening to, to how can they best approach getting back into the water? So, so what I tell everybody is use whatever you got to use to have the most fun. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you're gonna go out and it's a shitty small day and you got a bodyboard and it's like a foot or two and it's not gonna do much for you having a good time, it's just gonna leave a negative yeah. uh, feeling for you, take out a sup, take out a, a longboard, take, use yeah. whatever you, you have at your disposal or you have to beg, borrow, or steal yeah. to have a good time. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing is, People are like, well, I, you know, I only have my bodyboards and it's shitty, so I don't want to surf. That's originally what started me riding a surfboard. Yeah. And then transitioning and adding longboard and then sup after that. Yeah. The whole point is now I have a car full of boards. Really I can good. show up to work and use whatever board I want and yeah. have a good time. If I go out and the board I'm using is shitty, I'll go in and grab one that'll be better. Yeah. And that's the thing about the high performance sup boards in these. These little waves, those are by far the best boards. And even in big waves, yeah. they're good too. So it's, it's just, if you give yourself more options, yeah. you give yourself more availability yeah. to the ocean. And for people who grew up in the ocean or who love it the way we do, coming back to the ocean is always home. It's yeah. always the foundation. It's always point zero. You know, and I, I, I'll tell anybody out there, whatever it takes to get there, do it. Well, I reckon that's the best way we could finish off this podcast. I, awesome. I want to say thanks for, um, for having me here for this quick moment. And um, I guess I'll say on behalf of all bodyboarders, good luck yeah. in the Eddie, and I'm sure you'll do all of us proud. And um, yeah, when, next time the surfers say he's a surfer, yeah. I think you'll have a chorus of bodyboarders saying, he's a bodyboarder. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thanks awesome. a lot. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you think? Pretty good podcast episode, right? Once again, a big, um, big thanks to Kanal McGee for for having me, for letting me interrupt his work that day. Um, 
I don't actually think I'm just kind of talking and thinking at the same time, but I actually believe the Yeti didn't run this year. So let's hope um, Kyle gets a call up for next time and um, gets to show the world what he's capable of. And, and we know that that's quite a lot. Um, I'd really love to hear from you on this podcast if you if you enjoyed it, if you want to know more. Um, you know, like I was pretty happy with what I was able to achieve with it, but. Um, you know, if there's a few questions left unanswered, you know, that's always good to know about as well because, you know, that's how we improve things. And, um, yeah, look, I hope you were all stoked with it. And I, um, yeah, I was really stoked with it. So, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe I don't care what you think on this one, actually. I was really happy about it. So thanks a lot, Kainoa and, uh, everyone, you know, just stay tuned for more. Thanks a lot for your support. Okay, I'm okay.